0: You just said this right I have to go and turn <laughs> you Another 100-year candidate What I'm saying is <laughs> I'd have to take out Okay, i take out Conor Reelan then Conor Reelan That's
1: exactly. it, I quit Subscribe to the GA podcast feed On the OTB Sports app now OTB AM With Gillette Get into your flow With the new Gillette Labs razor With exfoliating bar now to the weekend's Formula One, and I'm delighted to say Rebecca Clancy is with us to talk to us about the Monaco Grand Prix. We'll get Rebecca in one second. Um, the Monaco Grand Prix, somewhat uh, overshadowed by all the rest of the the, the various uh, difficulties in sports events around the world, but they had their own issues, uh, particularly around the start. Mm. And people aren't happy with this uh, whatsoever. You've got a collection of owners
0: at the moment who are uh, very, very unhappy with uh, the governing body. I mean, these uh, owners, of course, always right and can never be questioned. Uh, Interesting to see how this power dynamic uh, works out over the next little while. Of course, the drivers themselves not happy either. Lewis Hamilton, one of the people to
1: to voice real concerns on Sunday afternoon as well um, about uh, the nature of the delay. Uh, A couple of quick comments Munster Our Manchester United Are where Manchester United Are right now Cheering on everybody else That can beat our rivals Says Philip And uh, Lorcan goes Do you not always cheer on the team That your rival is playing Just wanted to establish that Lorcan you know So that um, Because that rivalry is important It's going to Drive each other To heights Yeah Like
0: it's just When your team is successful In their own right You can just It's easier to find A little bit of classiness You know Is it? Uh,
1: not not the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's just easier. All right, we do have Rebecca Clancy with us now. Rebecca, good morning to you. How are you?
2: Good morning, I'm very well, thank you.
1: Yeah, we were just talking there about the the row that has erupted around the Monaco Grand Prix and the start. Um, maybe to talk specifically about that in, in a second. But the the fault lines between the governing body and the sport itself, the the Formula One, the sport of Formula One. It seems like there's kind of always a battle raging. Is this just the latest front on it, or is it actually something more? Uh, serious and, and long-lasting, do you think, the stuff that's going on at the moment?
2: I think it's quite serious, actually. There's there's quite a, there's quite a falling out happening at the moment. The FIA have a new president, Mohammed Ben Suleyem, um who came in in December, uh, and his tenure so far has not been impressive. He was responsible for the investigation into the fallout from Abu Dhabi, which we obviously don't have to go over. Everyone knows what happened. That report was um, underwhelming, shall we say. Um, and then there's been lots of fallings out because of this focus that the FIA have decided to go on about the jewellery ban, the uh, underpants gates, as it's being known, making sure drivers are wearing the right underwear um, and they are just focusing on the wrong things. And then, as you were saying, Monaco starts was just another one of these examples of the FIA being perceived to have got it wrong and, and perhaps just being a bit too cautious Um it it's a really tricky one because obviously safety is paramount in f1 we know what happens when it goes wrong um it goes spectacularly wrong and people's lives are at risk so they have to be careful but they are they are treading on the side of being too cautious i would say
1: the start of a race seems to be something that you know they've done quite a lot of over the years you'd think a level of expertise (laughs) would have evolved and developed and yet they seem to have got it so spectacularly wrong at the weekend
2: Well, this is another one of those messes from the FIA. So about 10 minutes before the race, it started raining, very light, wasn't anything, you know, you barely needed an umbrella sort of thing. But then about 20 minutes, and and at that point, they decided that they were going to postpone the start of the race. And when we spoke to Lewis Hamilton about it after the race, he just said, well, it's ridiculous. We're the 20 best drivers in the world. This excuse that the FIA came up with was because they um, hadn't had any wet running. So they were a bit nervous. So it was for safety reasons, as they said. Um, which is just, you know, it's rubbish. Daniel Ricciardo said the same thing. We should have got underway at three o'clock. The rain wasn't that heavy. It was it was absolutely fine. And it would have produced a brilliant start because quite frankly, Monaco is dreary at the best of times. So anything that could have spiced it up would have been welcomed. That said, at 20 past three, the heavens opened and it was like a microburst. It was monsoon-like for about 10 minutes. Um, and it, if the race had gone ahead, it would have been red flagged. But then in all of this confusion, we're getting these, messages from the FIA saying it's safety reasons and we're going to have this rolling start and it's just better being behind the safety car. But it later transpires about two hours after the end of the race that actually, that wasn't the reason at all that we were given. It was because the rain had caused a power outage which had affected the starting lights, which meant that they couldn't actually even do a standing start, they had to do a rolling start. And then later in the race when we had Mick Schumacher's crash and the race was red flagged and then it had to start again, they went for a rolling start again, even though we were all calling for a standing start. And we later found out it was because they weren't entirely convinced that they had sorted out the issue with the lights. And this is the sort of information you would think we would get during the race. Um, but we weren't even really told it after the race. It was because it kind of trickled out and we ended up finding out from Toto Wolff, actually, the Mercedes team principal. So it was a, it was farcical on the communication side as well. And no one really knew what was going on.
1: It, it's funny, one of the things that is supposed to have happened in the post-Bernie Eccleston era is that the communication is supposed to have vastly improved. And, and maybe it has, maybe it is still better. And this is just a, an example of it all going a bit perished. You're shaking your head there, so it hasn't really got better.
2: It doesn't feel like it's got better, no. I mean, there are certain people within the paddock who are very good at letting us know what's going on. You know, this isn't top secret information. If there's a lot of rain and there's a power outage, it's not the FIA's fault. You'd think that would be the source of information that they would pass on. Um, but it just doesn't occur to them to tell, not e- not even just us in the media, no one was finding out, the drivers didn't know. So they were furious that they weren't given the opportunity for a standing start twice. Um, it, it's just really bizarre. It's quite a strange way to run a sport, I think.
0: Is your sense that these controversies are uh, a significant enough issue for the unbelievable momentum that the sport has have to be checked a little bit?
2: What do you mean sorry?
0: As in I mean this the the, the burst of popularity in Formula 1 yeah. has has just been incredible like is this something that could yeah. could, could, could damage that and that, oh, that is it? yeah.
2: Um I don't oh, I mean it's certainly not a good look for the sport is it? Um, F1's confusing at the best of times there's a lot of um techy engineering that goes into it it's not just a simple case of 20 guys drum, jumping in a car and driving around in circles as as I know many people think. Um and Netflix the Drive to Survive documentary that has done wonders for the sport so people are coming in but you know, that very much simplifies the sport. And that's very much about the drivers and their personalities, which is brilliant because we don't always get to know them very well. It's very hard when they're wearing their helmets and then they're enclosed in their machinery. You don't really get a sense of who they are. So when people come to the sport and try and watch the races and they're told about these drivers and how they are the best in the world and they can see a little bit of rain and people don't even have their brollies up and they're thinking well why aren't we going I don't really understand and if we're not getting the communication if we're not being told what's happening it just adds further confusion and so it's not a great look for the sport and for these new fans where it's pretty complicated anyway um, it doesn't make them want to stick around I imagine and you know the start was delayed by 75 minutes I can't imagine many people stuck around for the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's a shocking uh, development, really, when you think about it for a little bit of rain when, you know, the, um, we should expect inclement weather from time to time. It, last thing here is, is really just about then the, the race itself um, for the, the driver's title. Uh, how straightforward will it be for the rest of the year? Is there any way that um, we might see Lewis Hamilton uh, crowbar himself back into that conversation or has that ship sailed?
2: I think, unfortunately, that ship has sailed. He's 75 points behind um, the championship leader at the moment, who is Max Verstappen. I can't really see a way past. Mercedes looked very good in Barcelona. Um, They were always going to be terrible in Monaco. Even when they have the best car, they're always terrible in Monaco, um, simply because they have a very long car. It's very hard to drive a long car around a very tight, twisty track. Um, So I think that ship has sailed. Even with George Russell, he's a bit closer, slightly more within touching distance. But it's, it's not so much about Mercedes now. I just don't think Red Bull are going to take their eye off the ball. I don't think they're going to make the mistakes that we saw Ferrari make, which cost Charles Leclerc the win at the weekend um, and also cost him the win in Spain when they had a reliability issue with their engine. Um, I think Red Bull are just going to drive away with it, as it were. Um, but I, it's a shame because we would have liked to see Mercedes in the hunt. But... The thing to remember is we're in a new season of regulations and these regulations are going to carry on. So it's really important for Mercedes to get this car right. They can't just give up and decide to switch to next year because next year's car is based on this year's car. So it's great to see Mercedes making progress. So I think we'll have them in the title fight next year, but I think it will very much be between Ferrari and Red Bull. But we just have to keep our fingers crossed that Ferrari can source out what looks like some um, issues going on. They certainly made huge mistakes too big, big mistakes on Sunday which couldn't couldn't be fixed on the track by Leclerc um, and and they've got some head scratching to do I suspect between now and the next race in Azerbaijan.
0: And is it your sense that we could have a proper three-horse race next season then?
2: Yeah, there's no reason why not. Mercedes certainly looked like they found um, answers to their main issues the porpoising as we all know about that violent bouncing of the car that gives you a headache just looking at it um so yeah i think i think they're definitely going in the right direction even in the space of we've had what spain was a sixth race they knocked they were a second behind at the start of the season now they're half a second if they can keep going at that trajectory there's no reason to think that by the end of the year they won't be right up there fighting probably causing a few issues in the championship fight maybe taking some points off here and there and making that battle a bit more interesting but they themselves i don't think will be in it
1: all right, Rebecca, great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers. That's uh, Rebecca Clancy of The Times there giving us her thoughts on the weekend. Uh, Monaco, um, Johnny says, I'm not a big fan of the new F1 cars. Big bouncing lumps. Yes, they can follow closer. But Ross Braun had us all thinking that they were going to revolutionise motor racing like Haas had all of a sudden winning races. Um, yeah, it's good to know that uh, even when there's like absolutely billions invested in technology, sometimes uh, being able to turn the lights from red to green doesn't work it's true and it's uh, definitely all the president's fault um, uh, like that dynamic is interesting isn't it that like you have this sport regulated when they could just break away and go no we're going to make our own rules here
0: yeah that's true um, like I mean th- th- there was also kind of complaints wasn't there a couple of weeks ago about safety um, about the, the the crash barriers that were on the course in Miami and then a few weeks later everybody's critical of the FAA for being too cautious when it comes to safety um, and other very different things. Racing in the, the rain should be doable, um, but um, yeah, it's you often quite have a, a limited amount of sympathy for some of the complaints that come out of Formula One teams. But it does seem that everybody's on on one side after this weekend.
1: OTB AM with Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.